Welcome to the Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. Good morning, afternoon, evening or night, wherever you are in the world. I am Skyblaze and this is the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for Tom Campbell for that great show uh, we had just before uh, my show here. Um, I'm feeling a little bit intimidated by how good it was, but we're going to carry on anyway. And I have a special guest joining me today. It's Kevin from Last Minute Continue. Hello, Kevin. Hi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Eva, a.k.a. AAUK, as some of you still call me. Um, yeah, very glad to be here. Not trying to take over the show this time, owing to a Radio Sega event. I'm, 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 I'm just here to help out with the topic at hand. Because you are a kind of a resident expert. Uh, for one reason or another. Yes. yes it, it, it happened. <laughs> so, as I've already covered, as I've covered on previous shows, uh, games have been made based on various media, including books, TV, and movies. And another large area of inspiration comes in the form of anime. And that leads us to our topic for today, which is Neon Genesis Evangelion. Now, by this point, you've probably heard of the series before in some form or fashion. I mean, it has, after all, been around for 25, been around for 25 years now. Good grief. Uh, yeah, I've, so either the original anime series, uh, possibly for its appearance on Netflix a couple of years back, uh, there's the rebuild movies, the fourth and final, apparently, uh, of which we're expected to get this year, a mere, you know, eight years or so after the last one. Uh, there's various manga series and or possibly the video games. But, you know, let's face it, you're probably more familiar with the internet memes, which, in all honesty, aren't really a proper reflection of what happens in the series. Yeah. So... To give you an introduction to the anime series itself, if you are not familiar with it, if you have been living under a rock in a cave on Mars, uh, this anime sees Shinji Ikari, who is a poor troubled teen, piloting a giant biomechanical monster, which is referred to as an Eva. No relation. <laughs> Thank you. And he's trying to uh, fight to... Well, mostly for his father's approval, when we get right down to it, but he's actually fighting against creatures who are referred to as angels not that the poor kid has any luck when it comes to his father who essentially uh, abandons him aged three after shinji's mother dies he was only three i didn't realize he was that young he uh, well apparently he was 11 years so and he's 14 so Jesus. Yeah, he, he, Shinji was super young. So uh, Shinji's mother, Yui Akari, dies. Uh, except that she doesn't, and that's a long story in and of <laughs> itself. And we're not going to go into it. It's <laughs> awkward. Um, but yes, uh, then Gendo Akari uses his position as the head of the organization Nerve to politic and scheme and just be horrible. Um, it's in order to get his way to twisting ancient prophecies of the Dead Sea Scrolls and the plans of an Illuminati-esque organization known as Sele uh, to trigger a situation where everyone becomes one and he gets to reunite with his dead wife in what amounts to be a, like a primordial soup of souls. Uh, and and then he betrays the entire human race in the process. That's his plan. Shinji only comes back into the picture because, again, like 11 years later, 
Gendo needs him to pilot a giant robot he's never seen before against a hideous monster. Unless you go with the theory that he... Uh, there's some part of the... one of the anime versions where you do see that Shinji has seen the robot before when it ate his mother. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to go into that because, like I said, it, it's, <laughs> it's complicated. complicated. Yes, it's complicated. He saw his mother die. Yeah, to to boil it down, and, uh... Gendo Gendo is not father of the year material. No. Oh, did we mention that being in the robot, Shinji feels the pain of the wounds that are inflicted upon it and has about five minutes to process this information when he is called in to, in front of the giant robot and his father tells him the only reason he is there in the first place is because he has a use for him. When Shinji naturally <laughs> asks, what's the actual hell? Everyone and this is so nice, leaps on him immediately for not going yes. This is where the whole getting the robot Shinji meme comes in, and I know it's already been mentioned within the Discord. I can see out of the corner of my eye. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, and, but that's not actually said at any point. Uh, no. Gendo even has staff wheel out the critically injured pilot of Unit Zero, Rei Ayanami, on a gurney, bleeding to death at one point. To blackmail him into piloting the Eva. And you wonder why Shinji might have some psychological issues. Welp. So, based upon this cheerful premise, uh, we have around eight games that were made for Sega consoles, uh, mainly for the Saturn and Dreamcast. Uh, I'm going to be mostly looking at the Saturn games here. Uh, the first of which is conveniently, or not so conveniently, called Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, it's not actually that much of a surprise that Evangelion games came out on Sega consoles, much as they still do to this day through TMS Entertainment, as Sega invested into the production of the original Evangelion anime. So the first one was released for the Saturn uh, in March 1996, as uh, usually referred to by the fans as First Impression, owing to the sequel's title. You get to play as the aforementioned Shinji as he recovers from an angel battle and has to retrain by sparring with his fellow EVA pilot, Asuka. Uh, this is before the rebuild film, so Oscar still Oscar Langisoru at this point and not Oscar Shikanami Langley as she is in those, which is either the same character or a different character. We've been waiting like 11 years to find out just what the heck is up with that. Like I say, Evangelion is weird. Yes. And what the hell was up with 3.3? And no, 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 I'm not going into this. <laughs> Behave, Skyblaze. So, after that extremely long intro, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time we should have some a, a bit of a break and listen to some music. Uh, so, from uh, the first game that we've talked about, uh, we've got uh, Kiseki no Senshi Evangelion or Miracle Warrior Evangelion which is performed by Chiki Yu... Chiki... Chiki uh, Boy Band. And after that we've got a metal cover of The Beast 2 which is a track from Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, it's not from a video game but I thought it was cool so I've put it in the playlist anyway. Suck it. <laughs> so... Enjoy those, and we will speak to you after this music break. Enjoy!
Douglas hasn't been paying attention to her microphone. <laughs> and we are back. And I will now turn down my talk bed. So we are back. And that was Neon Genesis Evangelion, The Beast to Metal Cover. And before that, we had Kiseki no Senshi Evangelion, which is from the first Neon Genesis Evangelion game on the Saturn. So, where were we? Gameplay for the first Neon Genesis Evangelion game on the Saturn was turn-based, much like a lot of RPGs of the era. It starts with a round of a... What? It was indeed. Yes. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the round starts with a turn on a slot machine, and depending on whether or not you manage to get more points than your opponent, this will determine whether or not you attack first. If you win, you do get to attack first, and depending on how close the angel is to you, you can decide on whether or not you're going to attack with your progressive knife or with your gun. You'll get the image of an angel, and if you see the whole angel, you're far away, so you'll need to use your gun or move in closer. If you see it from the waist up only, they'll be in close range, so you're better off going in with your knife. You also get to see whether or not the angel has their shield up, or AT field as it's known in the anime. Uh, AT field stands for Absolute Terror Field, and no, I'm not making that up. Um, it's both the uh, defense and the weapon of both the Evangelions and the Angels. Uh, there's a whole load of pseudoscience and psychology surrounding it, but it basically boils down to the weaponization of the very concept of individualism and the soul. Uh, the series puts it far more poetically than that, though. Yeah, it gets very complicated. There's something about um, like the terror of other people being part of it, and the, the hedgehog yeah, dilemma, and the, blah, 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 the blah, blah, separation blah, blah. anxiety. Yeah. Um, should the angel win in this conflict, uh, you'll need to defend. Some tactics apply in defending as well as attacking when it comes to how close the angel is. You'll see the word danger appear somewhere around the image on the screen, and in response you need to press the same direction to defend from that side. After you and the angel have attacked, you get to move about the map of Tokyo 3, the advanced battle city where the series takes place. Which is a pretty cool thing in the anime, all the, all the buildings kind of like retract down into the ground so that they're protected from angel attack. Which is ridiculously impractical, but very, very cool. <laughs> where was I? Oh yes, the, the city is littered with red and blue squares. Um, blue ones increase your sync level. Uh, this is the synchronization between the pilot and the EVA unit, uh, allowing you to access this special attack when it reaches over 85%. Uh, red squares will reduce it instead. Uh, as you play, you'll be treated to FMV clips from the anime, as well as original animation and audio from the original Japanese voice cast. Uh, different scenarios will be unlocked depending on the choices that you make during gameplay. So, uh, naturally, these uh, scenes have never been localised, which is a shame. Uh, they also have never appeared outside of the game as a DVD extra or anything like that. So the only way you can really see them uh, is at the quality of the Saturn. Hooray! Hooray! Uh, Story-wise, the title is not considered canon in any way. However, there are others in the series that are considered canon, and we'll get to one of those later. The unnamed angel... That's literally its name, uh, is specific to the game and never appears again. 
there's also some problems in terms of continuity within the game. Uh, Rayo Nami's Unit Zero sometimes can be shown its original orange paintwork that it sports in earlier episodes of the show, uh, as well as its later blue paint scheme due to recycled footage. <laughs> Shinji getting amnesia is a, actually a decent enough way of resetting Shinji, so he has to learn along with the player. It also gives the chance for other in-universe characters to naturally be kind of a dick to him. <laughs> Shinji's friends Toji Suzuhara and Kensuke aren't particularly sympathetic at first. In fact, they think the whole amnesia thing is cool. Uh, before convincing Shinji he's the class clown and always making jokes and doing silly stuff in front of the class, which he then proceeds to do. Uh, Oscar helps take it particularly far, uh, even for her, making up a story that Shinji is dating her best friend, the class representative Hikari Haraki. With Hikari being one of the characters uh, to actually genuinely give a damn in the series, uh, Shinji misreads the signs based on what he's been told and Hikari's concern, and in the most notorious scene in the game, kisses her to show he still cares. And she slaps him, leaving him more confused and hurt than ever. Up next, we've got a couple of tracks for you from two very different games. Uh, up first is... She said, don't make others suffer for your personal hatred, which uh, is a track that does feature in the series, but this version is from the N64 version of the Neon Genesis Evangelion game. After which, we've got a track from the Iron Army Raising Project game, and that's just titled Iron Army, which is the main theme. You're listening to The Hidden Palace on Radio Sega.
You're listening to The Hidden Palace with the wonderful Skyblaze only on Radio Sega. Well, I guess if you're here, it's not that well hidden, is it? Neon Genesis on uh, Evangelion on the Nintendo 64. She said, don't make others suffer for your personal hatred. And after that, we had Neon Genesis Evangelion, Ayanami Raising Project, Ayanami, which is, I believe, the title theme. So the game, the first game on the Saturn was quite a success. And again, considering the connection between Sega and the series, a a sequel was pretty much effectively fast-tracked. A year later, in March 1997, we get Neon Genesis Evangelion Second Impression. Again for the Sega Saturn. It was released in Japan just a week before the theatrical release of the first Evangelion movie, Death and Rebirth. <sighs> Which is a whole situation all by itself. It takes place... Hmm? Just a little. Yes. Uh, whether or not that one's the end of the series or end of Evangelion is or the original final two episodes uh, it's 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 half retelling half this is what happened afterwards wait to the next one to see what actually does mm-hmm where was I yeah so uh, the second impression takes place in the time period after episode 14 in the series uh, this game introduces another original character goal uh, character I can say words called Mayumi Yamagishi, a girl who moves to Tokyo 3 and who is very much like Shinji, who is shy and withdrawn. As you f- uh, and you play as- you find as you play, uh, I can say words, that she has the core of an angel within her, the insubstantial angel. A name which doesn't exactly make it sound that important. You're not wrong. 
Uh, the gameplay is pretty similar to the first game, but with actual 3D fights. And as you progress, you get different dialogue options, which can lead to different outcomes and experiences over the course of four scenarios, which develop around Mayumi, Asuka, and Rei. As well as the Earth Defense Group, a band which they form for some reason. Of course, once you've got to know someone, it's a bit difficult to just go and kill them, so there's a bit of a dilemma at the end of the game on how to deal with this other angel. Since they did form a band, this results in several in-game songs, some of which, like the previous track, ended up on the 2005 CD Sega Saturn History Vocal Collection, uh, along, with sa along with tracks like uh, Sega Saturn Shiro and the kids' version of Dreams Dreams. Track 11 on that album is called Get It On, Doppelganger ni Kuchizukiwo, uh, which is performed by Oscar and her voice actress Yuko Miyamura. Uh, the lyrics of the song are very much about the relationship between Shinji and Oscar. In fact, uh, Doppelganger ni Kuchizukiwo uh, translates to to kiss a doppelganger. It's like, it's like we are the same person. We like each other. The twinkle in your blue eyes can never be realized in this world. Even angels run. Legendary beauties. Boys from throughout the world attack with their glance, but only one offers up his pure heart. You have no need of those toothless wolves.
was Eva number two's theme, taken from Girlfriend of Steel 2. And before that we had uh, the Unturned City Evangelion Second Impression, Get It On. I'm not going to try and say the Japanese because I have been having issues with tripping over my tongue this evening and I don't want to mangle it. To kiss a doppelganger! <laughs> yeah, fine, that works. To kiss a doppelganger. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, released a few months later in that same year, we had Neon Genesis Evangelion Iron Maiden, also known as Girlfriend of Steel. Uh, this sees you yet again playing a love-starved Shinji and introduce yet another original character called Mana Kirishima, a transfer student who ends up piloting a Trident robotic unit for an organisation who are rivals to Nerve. You spend most of the game navigating around Tokyo 3 until plot events are triggered. Most interactions are simply a case of choosing dialogue options, kind of visual novel style and will often make little difference to the actual story. But there is one significant branch near the end where you are made to choose a focus between Mana, Asuka and Ryoji Kaji, a recurring character in the TV series who's the longtime love interest of Shinji's guardian Misato Katsurugi. Katsuragi, I can't say words today, as well as a double agent and something of a father figure to Shinji. He had a lot of uh, had a lot of shoes to fill there, didn't he? Just Depending on which. <laughs> Uh, now, depending on which person you choose, this will determine which of the three endings you get. A 2000, uh, 2006 special edition for the PS2 and PC would later add a fourth, somewhat more romantic ending. When it comes to Evangelion games, this is the big one. And uh, the one that is considered canon, complete with spin-off manga and even a sequel, which we heard a track from earlier, of course. For once... For once... The series actively cuts Shinji a break and gives him some genuine happiness. And even more surprising, initially, everyody is okay with this, except Asuka. Now, of course. <laughs> Naturally. Um, but everyone else is delighted. A girl likes Shinji. There's no apparent strings attached um, other than the ongoing doubt that she might be a spy which somebody might be spreading about called Oscar um, he stumps up the courage to ask her out, is successfully doing so, they go on a perfect, absolutely perfect date in the mountains one that surprisingly isn't even interrupted anime trope style by an enemy attack that pulls one of them away um, also, a little, just a little note, because we have a character called Mana, um, in a cute little easter egg, the plot at them, that point goes and starts talking about the secret of Mana, <laughs> uh, and what that might be, and a good chunk of the dialogue, sort of midway through, starts dancing around that phrase, without not quite saying it, but it's like, yeah, somebody was having fun there. Of course, though, this is still Evangelion. So a jealous Oscar puts doubt on the situation with Nerve's higher-ups, leading them to suddenly not be happy that Shinji is dating. This results in Nerve coming into conflict with that mysterious other organisation before it's revealed that Hannah is indeed a spy and was sent to report on Shinji, but she kind of fell for it anyway, and oopsie. Uh, oopsie she's didn't. then... 
Yeah, she's then left for dead by Nerve, naturally, because she's a kid, so Nerve just goes, well, sucks to be you, um, you're a spy. Uh, which results in a lot of tension before eventually she leaves and she may be dead, she may not be dead. It depends upon your ending. Yeah. Um, it's actually one of the more popular ones. It's one of the, the games that you hear a lot of the fandom talking about. Um, possibly because it is one of the few places where Shinji gets a goddamn break. <laughs> and and it is and it is that canon element. It is locked into uh, having assumed to have been happened. Mm. Um, there's 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 some sort of odds and ends after the fact as well. I'm not sure if I'm not, I don't think the sequel is considered canon necessarily. But um, in terms of the other characters, uh, she's she's appeared in uh, um, Mana's appeared in other things as well. Yeah. outside of the outside of the games as a result. So uh, yeah, so th this this one this one left quite the mark. And again, as you say, Guy Blaze, it it is because like, hey, Happy Shinji, which isn't normally a thing, must destroy it. <laughs> right. So uh, the music in this game is pretty much based on the music from the series. So here's a track that a lot of fans are going to be familiar with, and it's called Barefoot in the Park. And this is followed by one that you'll probably be familiar with, if only for the memorable sight of Shinji and Asuka um, doing DDR in their flat. Uh, both of you dance like you want to win. So enjoy those. I'll speak to you guys after the music break.
Hi, I need fruit here from Club Sega, and you're listening to The Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. Please invite me back to the palace. Let me in. Let me in. Genesis Evangelion, both of you danced like you want to win, and before that we had Barefoot in the Park, also from Neon Genesis Evangelion, strangely enough. Now, fourth and lastly, did someone say they wanted a game that's essentially a clip show filled with mini-games? No? Well, tough, because we got one with Neon Genesis Evangelion Digital Card Library. Now, it's pretty much just as I described it. Uh, you'll have a book which holds cards, which lets you view clips from the various episodes of Neon Genesis Evangelion, along with promotional art and comics created by various staff members. The minigames are a bit strange. Uh, one involves playing memory games based on which direction Gendo Akari, Shinji's dad, is looking. Another game sees you guiding Asuka's Eva to the bottom of a volcano, which is a reference to episode 10 of the series, and you can't touch the sides. Um, sort of like, you know, one of those little things where you have to guide a loop through uh, uh, over a wire. Um, a lot of the minigames are honestly pretty tedious and can be pretty difficult to win at. Amusingly though, if you like to get access to all the content in the game, uh, you can do that without beating your head against a wall, try and beat all the minigames. At the start of the game, you get to input your name. Instead of inputting your name, you put in pen, 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 pen. All one word, no spaces. As the game is in Japanese, the first two pen need to be in katakana and the second two in hiragana. If you have done it correctly, you will need access to all cards and games. This is of course a reference to Pen Pen, who is the penguin mascot pet 
thing who mysteriously disappears halfway through the series once everything starts going straight to hell. Um, sorry, I messed up some of my sound settings. Kevin, can you hear me now? I can indeed. Okay. Right. It's your Where bit. <laughs> yes, it's your bit. Oh, good. Anyway. Sorry. Um, so, so, yes, the digital card library thing. Um, I've got nothing really to add here. It, it is what it is. And what it is is pretty freaking awful. <laughs> um... I, I recommend, honestly, actually checking it out on YouTube just to see, so you can see how bad it is. Um, but it, I mean, it's, you can get it pretty cheap, basically. Um, now, this actually isn't the last time Evangelion would appear on the Sega Saturn. There's a little matter of Super Robot Wars and that series, but I think that's probably a nice topic for another day. For I Sky think I Blades could do an entire stuff. series on that you all by itself. You probably could, you probably could. Um, so, uh, we'll head straight back into the music then. So, up next we've got a couple of uh, very different tracks. <laughs> oh boy, are these different tracks. So, um, so, up first is Magma Diver, which is from the episode where Oscar leaps into the volcano with either two in a ridiculous pressure suit and has to capture the sort of larval form of the angel Sandalfron. Uh and then right okay now it isn't um, the original I, I haven't included the one with the lyrics because I'm not that cruel oh thank god <laughs> okay I have limits okay Okay, so this this was Skyblaze's choice, and thank goodness it is the instrumental version, uh, because it's the song that is <laughs> it, it fits right in with the Wicker Man. If you ever heard the Wicker Man soundtrack, in that it is an extremely cheery song about very dark things. Um, a thank goodness instrumental version of. End, an, end of Evangelion song, Com Suessa Todd, which is German for Come Sweet Death. You know, for kids. Oh boy. Thank you. 
my name's Gavi, and you're listening to The Hidden Palace with Skyblaze on Radio Sega. Um, the instrumental version of that delightful song from End of Evangelion. 
And before that, we had uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion Magma Diver. Oh, oh, okay. That, that, before we move on to Chip Tune Corner, <laughs> can we just go back and address that? <laughs> um, right. You know, what I, what immediately came to mind was like those those CDs you used to get in garden centres that were always on like this, there was all like some display of CDs. But there's always relaxing panpipe moods. It's like, what if Evangelion was music was produced by, you know, Haynes Garden Center? <laughs> <It's somewhere. laughs> you know, just, just, just stick it down next to all the bags of compost and, and, and get your own plastic watering can. Uh, a lovely that, relaxing song about the entire yeah, human race yeah. dying yeah great yeah. <laughs> it, all re- it all returns to nothing but you'll return to Haynes Gardening Centre <laughs> for our best deal oh my god anyway, yeah it just reminded me so much of that there's an entire series of 20 you can collect if you're, you know you Unless you're the grab, Fiutsky's probably collecting these somewhere. Oh, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's playing you in his office. <laughs> oh my goodness, the panpipes on that. But enough of panpipes. Oh, let's, let's have some chip tunes then, if I can like stop crying with laughter. So it's chip tune corner time. So, as most of you will probably already know, each week I select an interesting chip tune song to play for you. Uh, but this week my guest star has picked a song and it's one to fit in with the theme tune of the show. So here is BitBoy's rendition of the Neon Genesis Evangelion theme tune, A Cruel Angel's Thesis. Enjoy that, let me know what you think, and I'll be back after this, um, well, we'll be back after this to close out the rest of the show. So enjoy, I'll speak to you after this.
And we are back! And that was BitBoy's version of the Neon Genesis Evangelion theme tune, A Cruel Angel's Thesis. Uh, long track is long, but I thought it was pretty great. What did you, th- uh, what did you, what do you think, Kevin? Uh, that was a legitimately a really nice rendition mm. uh, of it, actually. Uh, I, 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 I was impressed at how well it worked. Yeah, I think that's going on my MP3 player. Yes, I still use an MP3 player. I am old, sue me. Right, so... <laughs> So thanks to everybody who's tuned in today. Uh, thanks again to Tom Campbell for his great lead-in and his wonderful show that we had earlier. And special thanks to my brilliant guest, Mr. Kevin Eva. Uh, do you have anything that you'd want to promote or advertise or say? Oh, oh, oh God, that's dangerous because it's me, so there's a billion <laughs> things. Um, so uh, the new Last Minute Continue website is up. Go to lastminutecontinue.com to check out everything that's going on there. Um, in terms of podcast there's the lmc block on radio sega which isn't happening this week i'm taking a week off (laughs) but um but the lmc block which consists of either archive stuff or my video game radio show which is called radio redux there's also the lmc cast with the rest of the lmc crew where they play a game and discuss what they've been watching and playing and everything this particular uh this particular month that's just gone um, over on uh, over on LMC, there's also a wrestling podcast called Last Minute Kickout LMKO, and yeah, there's a whole bunch of things. Uh, find us on Twitter at Last Minute Continue, or you can follow me personally on Twitter at the Kevin Eva. Great stuff. I of course already follow you on Twitter. Uh, as usual, I accept suggestions for topics to cover in the following weeks and months, and you can contact me through Twitter where I am at Blazing Skies. Or you can reach me through the Radio Sega Discord. At the moment, I have the ridiculous name of Skyblaze the Kitty Blob on the Radio Sega server, so I'll be fairly distinctive. Or you can reach me through the Radio Sega official Twitter or official Facebook pages. Um, yes, thank you to Grey4 for doing social this week, because um, 20's, I think, having one, uh, having a bit of a, a week off and a, for his birthday, because it's been his birthday recently. So happy birthday, Twinny. Happy birthday, Twinny. Um, I've been Skyblaze, and this has been my very good friend, Kevin. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. Thank you for your insights. Oh, Uh, it's been been great. (laughs) I've had fun. Your rant on the Panpipes thing was glorious. If you ever do a, if you ever do one about Martian success in the desk goes the blank of three years, please get me back because I can talk about that forever as well. <laughs> Duly noted. Uh, I might do something about Super Robot Wars actually, so I might draft you in again. Um, oh. So this has been the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. We've got one last song to go out on, and that will be Cyber Troopers Virtual On Fade to Black. So thanks again, everybody. Take care. Good night. Good night.
Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.